Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, I'm a sales coach and speaker. I work with entrepreneurs, business owners and coaches in making them feel more comfortable and confident in how they position themselves and sell in their own natural way to their customers. I also work with a variety of individuals in the world of sales, from those just starting out their career to those working from an exec or director level. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. The site is www.mindfultalent.coach forward slash not another sales. That's www.mindfultalent.coach forward slash not another sales. And now on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by personal branding and growth expert and host of the Beyond Influential podcast, Brittany Crystal. And Brittany and I are going to be talking all about growing your influence. We're going to be talking what we mean by influence, what are the traits and mindset needs to grow your influence, why it's important, and how to do this in your own natural way. Brittany's also going to be sharing some of her story and what she's learned about herself along the way. So sit back, grab a pen and pad and enjoy. Brittany, welcome. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. You? I'm I'm really well, thank you. Very excited for for this episode. You know, apology for the last few months and um, seeing what you're about and what you talk about as well on your podcast. Well, thank you so much. That means so much to me, and I'm super excited to be here. Great, and yeah, you know, super excited for an episode of uh, Not Another Sales Podcast. And to start off with, for the listeners' perspective, who aren't too familiar with with who you are, it'd be great to give them a bit of a an overview really and and a bit of a story about what makes you you. So my name is Brittany Crystal. I'm a personal brand expert and growth strategist. I have at this point almost a decade worth of experience. I say I work with the entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial minded. Um, I've worked with names, some of whom your listeners might be familiar with like Gary Vee and Marie Forleo. I have a podcast on influence called Beyond Influential and I've had a non-traditional path. I'm actually a non-practicing lawyer. So I don't know how deep you want to get into any of this stuff, but I just released a digital course called The LinkedIn Laws, helping people leverage LinkedIn right now for their personal brands, because I do think it's the best, most efficient place online to grow a brand. But I just love helping people grow their brands and grow their influence to, to not only grow their business, but it's usually now I realize to achieve a life that they really want and dream of. And it's just never been more possible. Mm. Yeah. I was actually um, on one of the webinars that you ran related to that the other week and found it so, so insightful and so useful. So I got a lot of value from it. Thank so, you. Um, you know, um, I'd love to delve a bit more into that probably a bit later on in the podcast and, and obviously get you to share where people can find that um, at the end as well. Awesome. So you mentioned there around one of the the um, things you mentioned around helping people grow their influence, and obviously you know it's 
very fittingly titled in your podcast title beyond influential um but you know a lot i see a lot of people calling themselves an influencer and you see it in titles on social media but what does influence mean to you first of all Influence is trust. Like that is, that's what it is straight up. I'm not a huge fan of the term influencer. I know it's a, a trendy thing to say, mm. but ultimately, so a big part of the podcast, I called it beyond influential because I believe that there are influencers in every sphere, every industry, every industry has authorities, decision makers, thought leaders, experts, case makers, whatever you want to call them. An influencer has existed forever. And I'm sure you can name some in your space. But there's no reason today that that can't be can't be you. Yes, some people you know call themselves influencers, and that's more depending on what you actually do for a living. People think brand deals, mm-hmm. but influence is everywhere, and it's not just just that terminology. And it comes down to trust. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the times when people think about influence, they have a bit of a misconception and misunderstanding about it. A lot of people tend to focus on the kind of practical side of growing their influence but from a the the mindset or the behavior point of view or some particular traits what do you think is important for people to focus on to develop internally while they do that Uh, mindset is such a huge topic and this is something i can't even emphasize the importance of it actually for the course that i just put out i actually created just a separate mindset module so when i was working for gary gary already kind of you know, he's in the successful mindset space. And I think everybody who has even just the most successful people need to work on their mindset. And I think just the day-to-day stuff and not having worked with other clients before then, I didn't realize what an important component it was. And then after I started working with other people, I was like, oh my God, like this needs to be addressed early because even at the highest levels, like I'm talking true experts or people that you think who would not have any problem putting themselves out there on social media, just rampant imposter syndrome and excuses and, and all of those things that you think that would not bother them come up. And I've seen a lot in this space and, and this seems to happen now it's happening a lot online that uh, you see people who don't have as much experience as somebody who actually does have, let's say influence, I use that term in their industry. Mm-hmm. And those people are kind of snatching up the opportunities from people who have more experience because they're willing to put themselves out there. So you really kind of need to, I mean, it's, it's tough, but you already need to start thinking of yourself as that expert. And even if you're not, my whole thing with personal branding is I want people to come from a place of authenticity. I'm not a fake it till you make it kind of personal brand person. I'm not trying to tell you how to, how to dress to exude some kind of you know, different image. But what I am trying to do is to get you to realize that your voice, no matter who you are, is important and you do have something to say. And you're technically an expert in whatever area or stage of your business you're actually in. So most things are just excuses. And for the most part, what's nice for me when I work one-on-one is it's pretty easy to see where the hangups are. So I can kind of work it back and forth with them. And, and a lot of people just have, depending on your industry, you know, like Gary's brand, for example, is way more sexy. You know, Mm -hmm. the entrepreneur thing is sexy. What if I'm not an entrepreneur? What if I make soap, you know, soap dishes, or what if I work in the assembly line or what if I do, you know, X, Y, Z, nobody wants to hear my opinion, but they do. And even if that involves just me putting content out there to let people know that they do, it's just kind of that reminder. 
And it's, it is a lot of work to do it and to think about it. But I think you just need to feel like own the space that you're in right now. I think that's always the best place to start. Yeah. And you mentioned there around, you know, right at the start of trust and it's about having that, that self-belief, even if you don't have the, you know, if people look at social media these days, the followers or the connections or whatever, it's thinking, do you know what, for people to be able to trust me, I need to believe in myself for others to believe in me. And if I, if I don't have that, then that trust isn't going to be built. And people are so worried about haters and kind of people talking behind their back. And I always tell this to people, you don't like everybody in real life. Like that's, that's the reality. Yeah. There are always going to be people who are saying things maybe sometimes, and it's never going to be, it might not even be people, you know, like it might be random people, but the fact that you would limit yourself and your future for the potential of some negativity honestly makes no sense when you think about it. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I think as well for me also, I think empathy is, is a massive thing that's needed before you, particularly from a trait point of view that people seem to try and overlook, particularly when they're trying to build influence. I think people misunderstand it sometimes and think because they're in a certain position that they're able to influence mm-hmm. themselves over other people. But if they're looking to create change, for example, there's not going to be any long lasting change there because they haven't got that a level of empathy of understanding where people are at first of all before where they want to take them really yeah the personal brand i think where people get hung up is they do think it's all about them and yes you do need to start with the part about you but ultimately your personal brand has nothing to do with you it has to do with the audience and mm. i don't like saying the people you want to be influencing hopefully if you are trying to influence a group of people here's the ultimate key to lasting influence is to really have your purpose and your why. And, you know, five years ago or even before then, I I would have been like, oh, my purpose is just to make money. Like I was in a completely different space at that point. And now I have a bigger purpose, but that came from, frankly, that comes from putting yourself out there and actually, you know, finding a job that you like or finding your space that you like. And and putting out content really helps you figure that out. Like maybe you don't have that why at the beginning, But then when you start interacting with people and realizing where you want to go, that helps. And I think to go back to the mindset piece, I think that's a big thing. There's so many people waiting for the right time to get started and the right message. And I'm going to wait until I'm clear on what I want Mm -hmm. and what my goals are. That's the wrong attitude. Like this, this helps that process. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it all revolves around, as you said earlier, around authenticity when you're, when you're clearly defining what your your why is and your purpose and able to translate that across to to other people in an authentic manner then that's the best way to build trust there's no hidden agenda there you're doing it because you want to to bring value to them first of all rather than just wanting something from them but not giving them anything back exactly and i think people have a hard time wrapping their mind around the idea it's so easy to say give value give value Mm -hmm. you see posts everywhere they're like give value give value I understand where people get hung up where they don't know where they can give value. But for a lot of people, just telling their story and being vulnerable is giving value. Yeah. Vulnerability, actually. I've talked about this numerous times. I was talking with Bobby Umar the other week and Stacey Tuchel yesterday around this, that I think it's one of our greatest strengths. Yet people think of that word and think, I can't be vulnerable. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a manager or if I'm an entrepreneur, if, if I'm anywhere, like vulnerability is a weakness, but it's actually one of your greatest strengths because it allows people to be able to relate to you and and get an insight into your world really yeah being honest and vulnerable listen i come from a position i consider of privilege because i think working for yourself you can you can be open and honest and i you know i understand why maybe some executives don't feel as comfortable depending on 
you know, if your job is stable or not, or if people see you as stable or not. But I really think that just owning yourself and being yourself and being able to share things, even when they're hard, has been a game changer. I, I see it in people's brands. I see it all the time, especially because people are so used to the curated thing now that that they love seeing something real. What's playing even on LinkedIn that was such a professional, in quotes, professional platform, a corporate platform, what does well is things that are actually real. And I'm not talking like fake sob stories. I'm talking like like real, like this is what's going on with me. Have you guys experienced this? Or this is what's going on with me. It sucked, but this is what I took away from it. Mm -hmm. So anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and think to add to that as well, I think one of the fundamental aspects as well the other the other side of things is also just being accountable is is essential to, to building your influence in the in the moments where for example if you're trying to build your influence within a business or your career and things don't go right is is saying you know holding your hands up and saying you know that this was down to me or taking responsibility for part of it because that's where you can truly tell and build trust and where it can easily be broken as well in, in the moments of of challenge or change really no, that's a great point. I think people just need to be, well, people need to be more accountable in general. And that's a point I've been trying to make just in, in personal branding. Everyone has a personal brand. It's just whether you leverage it or not. And I think a lot of people rest on, especially people who are employees, tend to rest on the company's logo. Mm. And you need to own your own shit. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. But yeah, I, you can. Go for it. <laughs> you, I mean, it your personal brand is technically your, your business and you need to treat it that way. And I think just people need to own their shit. Like that's just, that's just across the board is ownership, like you said. And that leads to leadership and people feeling good about themselves and kind of developing that confidence. There's this mindset issue because people are asking for permission or waiting for permission. And I do think, you know, the way you're in a different country, but definitely in America, you know, you're, you got to ask to go to the bathroom. You got to ask to do all these things. You got to ask and apply. And it's a permission culture. And then when we enter the real world, there really isn't anybody to give you that permission. So people just kind of, you know, do whatever they fall into, but that's not, that doesn't have to be the case anymore. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's also, you said earlier about not, don't fake it till you make it because I agree that's mm-hmm. not the the right kind of impression or approach you want to take but I think it's almost thinking about where do you want to be and how would I need to act or what would I do if I was in that position and doing it right now whether that's in your business whether that's in your career whatever it is because people get sort of into this trap of thinking well this is just my job now so you know once I get promoted or once my business grows to this level then I'll start doing that is you start doing all that stuff right now then you're definitely going to be able to build your influence and grow it far quicker than thinking I'll wait until I'm given permission or given a promotion or something to be able to do it. So that's an excellent point. And I know that there's some, some common knowledge out there about, you know, dress for the job that you want, not the job you have. But I've been uh, thinking a lot about this 10 year vision thing. I had a guest, Joel Brown, who created the website addicted to success. And he's writing a book on 10 year visions. And it got me thinking, cause that was the kind of thing now I know how important mindset is. So now I'm looking at it from a practical perspective because I'm really not like a woo-woo kind of person. Mm. But I see the difference that actually writing things out makes and kind of manifesting your own future. And so I think that actually creating a 10-year vision and then a th- like let's say a three-year vision and then what you want to happen in the next year makes things more practical. And 
even if 10 years seems like crazy far out and, you know, two years from now, you're going to have a different vision of what your 10 years are. I think it really helps to kind of break it down and see how to actually get to that point. So for anyone that's just kind of day to day going, going in, I really think, I know, you know, you shouldn't just live in the future and in your dreams, but I really do think it's important to think about what your dreams actually are so you can make some kind of plan. Even if, even if you don't fully stick to the plan, it is realistic depending on what, I just don't think anything's unrealistic anymore. I've had a complete change of heart over the last few years <laughs> over what's, what's feasible and not feasible. Yeah, I think, you know, I know this, whenever people talk about this, I sort of think back to uh, Will Smith, one of his talks he gave where if we lived in a world of, of being realistic, you know, would the Wright brothers have wanted to stick a plane in the sky or would uh, all these other inventions taken place? Because, you know, it's a bit like in the olden days when the people had horses and you asked them, what would you want? They'd say faster horses. They wouldn't have said cars because people have this kind of limiting belief sometimes in their head of what's possible. But it is about going out and thinking, well, it's only realistic because people haven't done it yet, not because it can't be done. Exactly. And you mentioned Will Smith, and I think he's kind of an interesting example because he's someone that I think, well, one, everyone loves him. But I think a lot of people, when they judge him now, they they almost judge some of the things he says and does because of the fact that he has money now. Yeah. And like that shifted his mindset. But I think what shifted his mindset was all of these other things he worked for. And I'm kind of in a weird place where, like I said, however many years ago, if you were if you were like, oh, you can create whatever life you want, or you're going to be writing in a journal and kind of affirming your mindset every day, I would have been like, what kind of shit is that? <laughs> like, I'm not, that is bullshit. Like, that's some woo-woo stuff. Like, that doesn't work. And now I, I see it, and it's happening, and I'm trying to present it, at least to my audience, in a way where it's like, no, this is practical. It's actually a form of of planning and making it real and intention setting. It's not, you know showering yourself in crystals which might work and if somebody says that works you know maybe somebody maybe i'll try it but like it's super practical <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I, you know we talked to a lot around mindset on here and i think the only reason people don't fully believe in in it or, or look at it is because there's just not been enough education about it you know when you grow up in going through school and other things no one teaches you about being self-aware or mindfulness we just kind of act as if really and just go through the motions until people are then starting to talk about it more, which is great. But for some people, because they've been in that habit all their life, they just think this is gobbledygook or some fancy stuff, which it actually isn't. Yeah. There's a lot of science behind it as well. And I think it's definitely education. And a little bit of it is also not seeing people, not seeing the right people or people who actually relate to you who are real doing it. I think that's mm. a big thing. Now with the internet, you can have way more access to different people and you can find your like your tribe or your group who actually is talking about this stuff and makes sense to speak to you. But before it was like whoever you're in school with, if you're not, you know, being the culmination of the five people you're around, if you're not around people who care about their mindset, or if you're around people who are like, we're just gonna stay in this town and take whatever jobs, you know, come our way and that's the safe thing, it's just not gonna happen. So sometimes, you know, maybe if you're in one of those places and you watch a Will Smith. Like Will Smith is so out of touch for you. You're like, that's crap. Like that's never going to happen. This, this rich guy is telling me about mindset. I don't care. You kind of need those other people that actually do relate to you to hit home. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned there around having the internet and it's great now being able to access all of this free content. But I think sometimes people get in the trap of feeling like they'll see someone who's, they'll think, oh, you know, he was an overnight success, but they won't see the 
for three or four years. You know, Gary, Gary, Gary's a perfect example of this. Um, and it, it, one of the key things that is needed for building for building your influence is consistency. Is you know doing it when no one is watching at the same time at, at the start. If you are you, having that self belief of I've got some real value to add, don't just wait until people start watching your videos or start following you. Is do it anyway. Just keep on doing it because there's always even if you can change one person's mind or or benefit someone, then then that's what you're going to look to do from the start. Really, that consistency is so huge. I have so I have uh, basically what I'd call three C's of personal branding, and the first one is clarity, which I can always talk about. But the second one is consistency, consistent content. Consistency is so huge, and it's it's so underrated. You know, people talk about Gary and does look like he blew up overnight. When I moved out there to work on his personal brand was kind of when he was starting to get super serious about it. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2015. But the reason the growth was exponential was because he had been doing it 10 years before, since at least 2006, and had been working in that business at Wine Library for even probably the decade before that. You know, it's like two decades of work, minimum like 12 years putting in every day, you know, he was just putting time in, in front of the camera, a thousand episodes of wine library. People are like, Oh, how's he so good at doing ask Gary V? It's like, cause he did minimum a thousand episodes <laughs> talking into a camera for the 10 years before that. Like, it's not, it's not magic and people don't give themselves enough, enough slack, especially if, if like personal branding is lifelong at this point, you're going to be with your personal brand forever. I started my podcast. I'm actually almost a year in, it's like a year and like two weeks, every week, every week, like clockwork. I'm like, I don't care. I don't even look at the analytics. I don't care at this point if nobody's listening. Thankfully, people are listening, but the, that's not the point. The point is to put out good content, to make something valuable, to keep putting it out there, to keep doing what I need to do because I know that that's what it takes in addition to these other things. But it, it's so important. People need to know to expect you. And that's also if you're consistent, that's when influence comes. That's when people can trust you to show up on time, to talk about these things, to be knowledgeable. It's, it's like so obvious, but people don't want to put in the work. Yeah. And as you say, particularly with social media now, you can definitely tell when someone's consistent versus when someone's not. And all they're posting about is me, 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 and not giving anything back. Um, you know, I spoke to Alex Nemo Hans, who features in Gary's book, Who Created Foolies. And he said, you know, if you really want to win in this day and age, be exactly who you are online, offline, in that, you know, be that consistent person. If you're portraying a certain thing online, be damn sure that you're doing that offline as well. And it comes down to what I think is also important is, is treating everyone with the same respect is not just, you know, looking, if you're looking to build your influence and building trust, it's not just, you know, treating someone you meet who you think you can get something from in a certain way and then someone you feel at the time you can't not giving them the time of day because you don't know where those people are going to be in five, six years, or even a year's time, really. Okay. That is an epic lesson. So before I worked in the social media space, I worked in Hollywood and I've worked some corporate jobs and with corporate people. And you see that kind of behavior all the time, the kind of where, where somebody's Mm -hmm. face changes when they realize who someone is or, or, you know, that kind of behavior the internet has completely changed that game. You literally do not know if you're going to be talking to a seven-figure earner in the next year. Like, and I think that like the more old-school mentality has not caught 
up to that, but it's a hundred percent the case. You should treat, just treat everyone with respect. Like that to me never made sense. Like the, even when I was an assistant in Hollywood, guess who decides whether you get to Mm. meet with my high powered boss or not? (laughs) You have to be nice to those people. Like those are, those are the gatekeepers. You know, you've mentioned, we've talked a a lot and I've mentioned at the start, obviously I haven't watched your webinar a couple of weeks back around LinkedIn. For, For those people listening who are on LinkedIn or who are on, who are just sort of thinking about in the early stages, what would you, what tips would you give them for growing their influence on there or building their personal brands? You know, if there was, I know it's probably a, an array of things that we can go through, but you know, if there's one or two things that you think these are the essentials to start here. Well, for everybody listening who is not using LinkedIn, it is definitely changing. It's, and it's been changing since really since Microsoft acquired it in 2016, but super changing since they introduced native video in 2017, like around a year ago. I think it's brought a whole host of new content creators to the platform. In order for LinkedIn to make money, they need people on the platform. And so this content creation and quality content creation is feeding this machine. So ultimately, that's that's a huge plus right now for LinkedIn. And also because it's been under the radar because LinkedIn has existed for so long and everyone knows about it, but there's a lot of people who just stopped using it. Their algorithms are super friendly. There's a super low barrier to entry. Like for the most part, I'm just encouraging people to even get on. 100%, the first thing to do is, is, update, is update the profile. I mean, if you Google somebody, LinkedIn, even if you haven't touched it in like six years, LinkedIn usually shows up on the first page of the results. And so for a lot of people, I'm like, at least take care of that. Like, even if you don't care about completely branding yourself or getting super active in terms of content, you should at least, well, one, you should probably be Googling yourself just in general, just to make sure. But I would take care of that. Like at least change your, you know, make sure that your profile picture looks like you, make sure it's clear, make sure that your headline actually, you know, use the 120 characters so that people know. Because every time you connect to someone, that's, those are pretty much the top two things that you should always be focused on. Because even if nobody makes it to your profile, they'll see those, mm-hmm. you know, your headline and your profile picture. So I tell people at least to do that, if not, if anything else. And then for most people, I'd say if they're not interested in the content, because I try to be realistic because I know I'm completely gung-ho about content and building your brand. And, you know, I can take you from beginning stages all the way to, you know, kind of like the Gary Vee stages of developing a brand. But most people don't want to do that. And so what I would say, though, is to take the time and see what's on there and be engaging with the people or the audiences that you think are interesting. Because I do think LinkedIn is one of the only spaces it's definitely one of the only social platforms I know of that you can get away with growing a brand mm. without yeah. creating content. It's, and I think you, I mean, you've seen it cause you actually use LinkedIn, but you see in your feed posts that other people have liked or other people in your network have commented on and you like, you might want to be connected with those people. It's the algorithm is just super interesting right now. And so you can really win on LinkedIn if you have a clear profile and you engage appropriately. Like even just that would really probably get you results for your brand without needing to, you know, yeah. start making you know, video you it there every about week. engagement. And I think it's so funny that the we call, it's called social media, but quite few people nowadays are actually being social on it. Um, you know, you. <laughs> now, and LinkedIn's awful about that too. Like I know, 
I mean, I, the first thing I've had most people do this week, cause this was the first full week of the course. It's like, just go in and look and see, see who's trying to connect to you and also see just the different messages mm-hmm. that you probably haven't even looked at in however many years are in there. And it's almost always just, you know, Oh, Hey, great connecting. Yeah. My product is blah, blah, blah. We should set up a call so I can pitch you blah, blah, blah. And I think that's, here's the thing. Like that's a win for you that that's still happening because you can show that you're different. If you send an actual meaningful message or you engage in a real conversation and build a relationship, it's just like astronomically shocking to people. If you see a conversation thing, actually I could, you know, I've got my two cents worth on that conversation there in terms of adding some some value to it. Or if you see some people, like you say, that are aligned to what you're doing and connecting with them, going out sort of with a proactive approach of helping people, it will come back to you rather than, you know, I've, I've seen it a lot recently where you'll connect with someone, you'll send them a message, and then all you get back is a kind of scripted, very long message. And you're just like, this is just great. But as you say, because there's other people that can show how different you are um, that are doing it in that way. And, you know, for me, I've, 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 I've learned this from a, from a personal point of view as well. I mean, I saw a conversation on LinkedIn um, a f- couple of months ago now, and it was about a video. And I thought, oh, you know, I've, I've got a, she was asking a question. I thought I'd put my input on it. And then I got a comment back from someone else. I started speaking to them. We had a Skype call. She was just finishing a coaching accreditation. I started speaking to that company, Mindful Talent. And now they're going to be the first sponsor for the podcast. Um, and the CEO appeared on my um, That's so awesome. podcast series on Face Your Fears last week as well. So it's just kind of a, you know, I'm, I'm very much um, supportive and, and sort of pushing that kind of thing as well when I'm talking to people at the moment because I've seen it firsthand what can happen. I mean, that's such an excellent example. I've gotten so much value out of LinkedIn, but the reason I've gotten all of the things that I've gotten out of LinkedIn is because I yeah. went in not wanting anything out of LinkedIn. <laughs> and I think that's what it is. It's like you said, adding value, and this is going back to the whole adding value. Adding value isn't about what you're going to get. Adding value is seeing an area, especially if you work in an area that if you even remotely like your job or can answer someone's question or actually have a valid point, just put it out there. I've just seen so much incredible Mm. stuff come from comments, just comments, just smart comments where you don't just, you have to go in with no expectation, just be a good person. It's really not that hard, but people want to know exactly what value they're going to get. And honestly, and I I felt this way about clients when I was doing a lot of one-on-one work, but now I've scaled back to do this. If somebody comes to me and the first thing that they're concerned about is ROI, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested. I do not work with those people because that is completely the wrong mentality. You will get ROI. Like, Don't get me wrong. You're going to get ROI out of the process. But if you're worrying about exactly what you're getting right away within the first three months like that's just it's that person is not gonna build yeah. the lasting yeah. personal and like brand you say, just by want. commenting a, a great comment is you know so much more powerful than just this scripted pitch because naturally people will see that comment and if it resonates with them be like oh that's quite interesting i'm you know really interested by what that person said they might see it three or four times what does that person do oh they actually do what they're talking about or maybe i'll get in contact with them and then you're indirectly going to be able to build business and and um, opportunities that way by not just pitching what you do, but sort of showing the the output of what you can do. Exactly. That's the credibility factor. That's what content normally does. But instead of just posting it on your page and then hoping people come to it, you're actually leveraging Mm. other people's audiences. 
Like it's a win all around. It really is. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's some really insightful tips there. So thank you for that. From uh, your perspective, Brittany, I know you've, you've mentioned a number of people that you've worked with throughout your career, but what do you think is the biggest thing, not necessarily you've learned from them, but you've learned about yourself going through um, up, up to this point? Each person has given me the opportunity to learn something new about myself I didn't realize going in to work for Gary, for example, what was that that was going to be the biggest opportunity and learning experience for me. Like I knew I would learn a lot. I went in with that mentality, but I, I didn't know. I realized from, I realized a bunch of things working for him, but about myself, I know working for him, I really realized that I need to be working for myself also. (laughs) That was something huge. Something important that I learned from him that ended up being just huge for me is authenticity. When you get a comment from Gary or a like or any of that stuff, that's him. And I saw firsthand what kind of just, I don't want to use the word influence there, mm. what kind of loyalty that that bred in people. He's super busy and he took the time and the effort to reach out. And he's 100% and the brands that I worked on, they're 100% who they are. Like I said, I, my whole ethos is also coming from that place of, of developing the you. Like I think that's what differentiates people. If you have 100 people in the same industry, in the same town, what's going to be different aside from your audience, possibly, is the experience you have. And he just really owned that. And so I think that really helped me with my content. I, at this point, I am very me. <laughs> it's like not mm-hmm. mistakable. I can't even pull it back. And right now in today's world, that wins. Like being different, because you can have 20 people who talk about personal branding and we're all going to probably say like, oh, fix your, you know, consistency and clarity and all of these things. It's who says it to you in the right way at the right time, who you resonate with. It's all of those things. And I think that's like what I really learned from all of these people is they were all so distinct and they just, you know, even if you have to work on your mindset stuff, they just own the yeah. shit out of who they are. And so that was kind of the biggest takeaway. Mm. I think so many people are too focused on their product or their service in terms of how they differentiate that, but don't spend enough time invested, as we talked about in their personal brand, of how they differentiate themselves and bring their true selves out. So that, that's what, you know, no matter how good their product, their solution, their service, whatever it is, if you haven't got clear on how you differentiate yourself, then it's just going to blend in really because people need to trust you before they trust what you're selling. Yeah, and people, you know, like you said about the product, it's great if you can if you can truly differentiate your product. Of mm. course, you should definitely do the brand portion of that. But I mean, people do want to do business with people they like and trust. If two products are pretty similar and one, let's say salesperson or the CEO of one company or whatever it is, appeals to me more or I like their vibe, I like their content or even I have a conversation with them, I'm going to go with that person, not only because I like them more, but probably because if I feel like I have a relationship with them, they will take care of me better. Like that's the hope, right? Like customer service. And if you are selling anything, you want that customer service experience. It's about having a quality experience, not just handing over your money. And so you want somebody who's, you know, who's knowledgeable, but who also has, feels like they care about you. Yeah. And I think that's what comes yeah, from the personal brand. Realizing that the person you're working with or speaking to isn't just looking for the kind of the now, the moment, but they're interested in the long term, the relationship, the future. Exactly. And I don't think people know. 
I know a lot of executives try to outsource immediately the voice mm. part. Like they just want somebody else to handle it. And I am really crazy about people. At very least, you have, listen, if you do outsource your stuff for whatever reason and you have someone else writing copy, I get it. People are super busy. I, I know. At least read yeah. over the copy and make sure it sounds like you. In order to develop your voice and for people to recognize it, you need to be involved. You need to be putting out content. You need to be honing that yourself. So that way it's not like, oh, I hired this copywriter. It has a certain flow to it. And then all of a sudden that person leaves and you hire someone else. That lack of consistency in voice is, is a big mm. deal. You know, if you are hiring somebody and this is just the rule, because obviously Gary cannot write every caption or can't do all of the things, but he's gotten to a point where he's put out so much content like I always joke, I can literally give a Gary keynote. I know his answers, the answers to the questions. You need to get people mm -hmm. who just understand you like that. And I was writing his articles for him for a while. And I'd, we'd do a phone call because he doesn't, he, it's faster yeah. if I read it to him than if he tried to read it. And like, maybe he did just like one thing, but he could just hear it audibly. It just needs to sound like his voice. Mm. It's, it's that mm, definitely, important. Definitely. And we've, we've talked about, and I mentioned at the start of this episode, um, podcast episode around your podcast beyond influential i think you know i get a lot of questions you probably do about people because i think podcasting i heard a stat the other day was that there's one million active podcasters right now in the world and 144 million commuters so you know it's still there's still a lot of opportunity and a lot of growth within this this area and this format but what would you say for people wanting to start a podcast and from experience so like the sort of two or three things that are fundamental or to 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 get right or even to get started with? Oh, the number one thing right off the bat came right to me. If you want to make money from your podcast, or if you are starting a podcast for the sole purpose mm -hmm. of monetization, do not start a podcast. This is not a podcast is a long game. When I was starting it, I knew easily. And I, I mean, podcasting was getting bigger, but it wasn't, I just feel like everybody's talking about podcasts right now. I knew going in, I'm like, this is minimum three years, minimum, like minimum three years every week. And it doesn't matter who's listening. I need to put this out. Like this is happening. Like you have to make that commitment that you are doing it. I think Tim Ferriss said that he, he started with six episodes to see if he could stay consistent and do it and to see if he liked it. And then after six, for me, it was way more. I was like, I, this is, I'm going in. So it, it's a long game. I know there are a lot of companies coming out now and podcast networks and, and people who are trying to sell the idea of making podcasts, branded podcasts, essentially. So like if you have a company, you're going to do a podcast around it. Yes, but again, the return on investment, people just need to know in content in general, this is a long game. I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing. And also, for depending on the style of your podcast, I like asking a lot of questions that there's a reason I was a lawyer for a bit. Like I, I'm genuinely interested in the people I'm bring on my mm. show and, and who I want to speak to. And I think you need to do that. If you don't, if you just want to be talking all the time, that's cool. Like do you, but don't have guests on then like play again. This comes, everything comes back to self-awareness on some level. Figure out why you want to do the thing that you want to do. It is a wonderful content vehicle. It's not an easy sell for people to grow because it's kind of, I don't know where we're doing this on uh, Anchor, but there's like a Libsyn. And then I know, do I push people? I know my strategy, but do you push people to iTunes? Do you host it on your website? You're just not going to get the numbers of 
I feel like the numbers of followers for people who care about vanity metrics and growth in that way, that maybe if you just put all your effort into a different social platform, but I feel like it has more longevity than just going all in on a social platform. I think it's something that you, you own. And I just got so much, and I'm sure you probably have a similar experience. I just got so much good stuff over the last year from the podcast, whether it's learning to, you know, answer and ask questions better, just meet new people and step outside of my comfort zone. And just all of these different skills come from it. So if you are interested and you can understand that money, probably somebody might not sponsor your podcast right off the bat. Mm. It is a wonderful learning experience. Yeah. When I had um, Lauren Everts from the Skinny Confidential one um, a few episodes ago, she said, you know, when she started the blog, she didn't even put money on the table for the first two to three years because that's not why she was starting it. And, you know, if you're not very, if you're not clear from the start of why you're doing it, then you're not going to last. You're not going to be able to be consistent because you're going to be looking for those kind of things that aren't going to come instantly for you. Yeah. And she's a great example. And I think we talked about it. I'm sorry, a few weeks ago, but I'm going to be interviewing her and I'm going to be interviewing Michael separately about Dear Media, his uh, podcast network. But there, she's been building her brand for a while. People now see, again, coming mm. back to this, this like exponential growth, but this has been, you know, probably like close to a decade for her in the making, putting out blog posts, doing all these different things, posting all this stuff when nobody, when nobody cared. <laughs> before anyone cared. Now she's a big deal and people think that they can just, you know, kind of mimic her style, but, but she's very her and she, she's somebody who definitely, you know, owns who she yeah, is. And I, that's absolutely. the key. You know, we've talked a lot today, Brittany, about you know, people developing and moving forwards and how they can move from where they are to where they need to be. But I think, and also talking around from a, a mindfulness perspective, it's also important to, to take reflection on, on what you've got already. So in relation to that, what would you say your, most grateful for in your life right now from your previous experiences or from anything really? I am most grateful for the people around me. I, the people, the, you know, the five people who are around you, that is so real after basically when you're definitely when you're an entrepreneur, cause I think it's harder when you have a job to kind of pick and choose who you want to surround yourself with but I've really made a point, especially working, you know, now I'm starting to hire people, but finding people who are going through similar things and who also whose life you aspire to kind of have, not in the creepy way, but I realized that a lot of the jobs I did have in the past, including law or certain jobs in entertainment, I didn't want to be any of those people. Mm. I looked around and the partners were miserable you know, or these people didn't have great work-life balance. And I was like, no, you know, I want to have some kind of balance or be able to travel. And I think with the internet, like I said, finding those groups and communities has been essential. My, my closest friends right now <laughs> are all people I've met off of Instagram or through people from Instagram or LinkedIn, but mostly Instagram. And they've been wonderful. They work in the online space or different areas of digital and kind of have our own masterminds and have those conversations. And then frankly, my partner has been excellent. He happens to have a skill set that that complements mine when it comes to designing and helping with those technical things. And this can be a mm -hmm. very isolating job. And to have other people help and pitch in and where I can, I help and pitch in and, and have those conversations. I just think it's super important 
to grow those people around you. Kind of like I said about the mindset thing, if Will Smith isn't relating to you and you have, you know, just your kind of friends in town who are not, you know, not doing the kind of aspirational stuff you'd actually want to be doing, you need to go find the people who want to be doing, you know, who are like you. And then also people who are already doing the things that you want to be doing and start watching what they're doing. Well, Brittany, it's been a, a real pleasure today having you on. It's, um, you know, been a real education for me and I've learned a lot. Thank so you so much. Thank you so much for your time. And for anyone wanting to keep up to date with what's going on in Brittany's world, you can find her at BrittanyCrystal.com. Crystal spelled K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. That's also her Instagram name. And if you want to find her podcast, it's the Beyond Influential podcast. And for everyone that's listening, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'll catch you soon. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, notanothersalesguy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing Not Another Sales Podcast. And also, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.